right, good morning. We're glad you're here. Open your Bibles this morning to 2 Timothy chapter 4. As you can see, Pastor Lemming is gone this morning, and uh, he and his family's on vacation. And every, every year, this same time of year, they, they go on vacation, and, and certainly we, we miss them today. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul was writing to Timothy from prison. And as you, as you read this passage, you can kind of sense the disappointment and, and the loneliness in, in the voice of the Apostle Paul. In fact, within days or maybe weeks, he was just a few days away from being martyred by the Roman Emperor Nero. Look, look what he says in verse number 6. He claims in, in verse number 6, for I'm, I'm already being poured out as a, as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. And in reality, he, he was going to be decapitated. And so God would soon move Paul off the scene, and Timothy would step in and, and take his place. So this is the final charge to Timothy. Paul encourages this young man to, to remain faithful. In season, out of season, just be faithful. He also gives him a, a briefing of the various people on the leadership team. And you can read the 17 different names that are listed in chapter number four. He gave some examples of, of faithful people. Then he gave some examples of some who were not so faithful. Specifically this morning, would you notice verse number nine with me? First Timothy chapter four and verse number nine, Paul is telling Timothy, be diligent to, to come to me quickly. Underline this in your Bible. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica. Underline that phrase. Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Would you jot this down? Here, here's the thrust of of the, the, the message today. Just jot this down. The life of Demas should be a warning to every believer lest we too get pulled back into the world. This morning, I, I want to talk to you about what in the world happened to Demas. Would you pray with me? Our Father, I pray that you would Take your word, teach us, instruct us, ground us, settle us, help us to be faithful, fruitful. Lord, take your word, transform us. May the word be precious. Lord, may we love the word of God and may the word of God find place in our hearts today. Lord, I pray that as we share the scriptures today, that the life of Demas would be a warning to every person that's here. 
lest we too get pulled back into this world. So please speak to us today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. What in the world happened to Demas? Well, number one, Demas slowly but surely stopped serving God. Did you know that Demas is found three times in the Bible? You're at 2 Timothy chapter 4. Put, put a bookmarker there. Keep this place marked because we're going to come back to it. The first time we see Demas is maybe go forward maybe 10 pages to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. Did you know that in Colossians chapter 4, Demas is listed with some of the most incredible servants of the early church? He serves side by side these amazing people that are named in Scripture. Look at Colossians chapter 4, verse number 7. First, the Scripture names Tychicus. Underline this about him. A beloved brother, faithful minister, fellow servant in the Lord. Go down to verse number 9. Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you. And then verse number 10, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner. And then he, he says, Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you, you received instructions. And then verse number 11, this guy who was named Jesus, they, they called his name Justice. These are my fellow workers for the kingdom of God. They, they were Jewish. They were of the circumcision. And then Epaphras, who's also called Epaphroditus. He, it says about Epaphras, he, he's one of you. He's a bondservant of Christ. He greets you always laboring fervently in prayers. And then look at verse number 14, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Hmm. I scratched my head this morning. What in the world happened to Demas, how do you go from being listed with some of the most incredible servants of the early church to Demas the deserter? Well, turn, turn back to 2 Timothy chapter 4, and since you've already have that marked, turn two pages back to the book of Philemon. Philemon tells us a couple of things about Demas. Colossians chapter 4 mentions Demas, but then Philemon tells us, it's just right before the, the book of Hebrews, so just turn maybe two or three pages, however long Titus is. Look what Philemon says. He, he calls Demas a fellow laborer. Verse 23, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus greets you. Verse 24, as do Mark and Aristarchus. Demas, there he is. Demas, draw an arrow to, to Luke, my fellow laborers. I'm scratching my head. Guys, help me. 
what in the world happened to Demas? Now, turn back to 2 Timothy chapter 4. And this is all we hear about Demas. He goes off the scene. 2 Timothy chapter 4, where he deserted the apostle Paul. My question to you today is, what in the world happened to Demas? Well, you know, it's, it's kind of obvious that he really didn't finish well. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you think? He didn't finish well. Would you, would you jot this down? Just, just jot it down. I'm going to give you a Greek word, and I want you to be able to write this down. Demas, here it is, was a used-to-be. Write the word used-to-be. Servant of Jesus. He used to serve side by side with the Apostle Paul. He was a used-to-be servant. Did you know that Demas used to go to church? He used to serve in children's ministry. He used to serve in youth ministry. Demas used to serve as a Sunday school teacher. He served as a nursery worker. You know, Demas used to go to church on Sunday nights. Demas used to sing in the choir. He used to be a greeter. He used to be involved. He was a used-to-be servant. How do you go from listed with the most incredible servants in the early church from a serving to deserting? How does that happen? Well, he was a used-to-be Christian, and he didn't, he didn't finish well. Listen to me. Take note. People ask me all the time, Brother Tim, why is it so dangerous to hang on the fringes of a local church and just be a spectator? Why is that so dangerous? Because you're only one step from becoming a Demas the deserter. Did you know that we're all prone to the Demas disease or the Demas deception? Did you know that we're really not all that great and we are actually prone to sin? Well, it's dangerous just to hang out on the fringes of a local church. Demas didn't finish well. But notice in your Bible, you're, you're at 2 Timothy chapter 4. Do, do you know it's super important that you and I finish well? You know, it's one thing to start the race, but man, God wants you to finish well. Look at verse number 5. You're, you're in chapter 4. Look at verse number 5. Paul tells young Timothy, but you... Be watchful in all things. Number two, endure afflictions. Number three, do the work of an evangelist. Don't stop evangelizing. Don't stop witnessing. Don't stop sharing the gospel. And the last words, underline it. Fulfill your ministry. How can you translate that? Finish your ministry. Timothy, I know that you started the ministry, but I want you to finish your ministry, fulfill your ministry. 
How many of you folks in this room as a kid, did you ever drink Coca-Cola? Anybody drink? drink? And I know that we people from West Virginia are prone to sin and, and we drink Pepsi. But after you're saved, you become a Coca-Cola. Have you ever met, met a Coca-Cola Christian? Does anybody know what a Coca-Cola Christian is? You know, what would you do as a kid? You'd get a bottle of Coca-Cola and you'd shake it up. Man, it was so fun. You'd give it to your buddy. They'd take a, you know, they didn't know you shook it up and they would open it up and it would just fizz and blow up on them. And, but you know what happens? Pretty soon they just kind of fizzle out. Can I tell you, in ministry all these years, I've seen a lot of Coca-Cola Christians. Man, they come to church, Pastor Lemming preaches, they get all, you know, shook up, and then all of a sudden they just fizzle out. Have you ever heard anybody say, well, where is so-and-so? That's what they did with, with Demas. Look, look what the scripture says in, in verse number seven. It's super important to finish well, not just fizzle out. Look what Paul says. Paul says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course or the race. I have kept the faith. Look, Paul finished well, but Demas, not so much. In verse number 10, two words describe the life of Demas or the ending, how Demas finished two words. Would you circle these words in verse number 10? Circle the word forsaken. Demas hath forsaken me, egkata lipo, and it means to, to desert. It means to abandon, to forsake, to leave in a lurch. You know, Demas is often called Demas the deserter. He deserted Christ. He deserted the church. He deserted the apostle Paul. Demas went AWOL. Think with me. This past week or so, I wrote this down in, in my notes. Think of it. The name of Demas will always be associated or branded by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Scriptures. Deserter deserter. If it can happen to an associate of the apostle Paul, I can be deceived and I too cannot finish well. Well, the first word is the word forsaken. Look at the second word that describes Demas in verse number 10. The Bible says, for Demas hath forsaken me and has departed Circle the word departed for Thessalonica. The word departed just simply means to, to, to walk away. He just walked away. I began to do extensive research in Logos and, and notice th this word was even translated. Are you listening? To, to indulge. Demas hath forsaken me. He's indulging himself at Thessalonica. He has Walked away. 
Have you ever said to yourself, I'm just going to walk away from everything? The truth of the matter is we've actually witnessed people doing that. This morning, you can, you can finish like Paul. You can finish like Timothy. And by the way, Mark, Mark is even listed in this passage. You can finish like Mark. Or you can finish like Demas. What in the world happened to Demas? Well, he stopped serving God. And folks, I'm sad to tell you today, he didn't finish well. How many of you folks really, I don't know about you, but do, do you want to finish well? Think with me. Oh, my, I want to finish well. Secondly, number two, what in the world happened to Demas? Well, number two, Demas loved the here and now. In verses 8 through 10, there's a word play. And I want you to notice the word loved in both verses. The word loved, L-O-V-E-D. In verse 10, Demas loved the present. I call that deception. Look, look at the text, verse 10. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved, circle this, this present, circle the word present world. It is the, the Greek word none, N-U-N. Over 131 times it is translated the word now, meaning the here and now. Demas was just like you and I. He was deceived by the present, the here and now. And his love for the here and now caused him to desert and just walk away from it all. Did you know that the tug of war with the world is relentless? Anybody ever felt that tug? Huh? Anybody? Have you all ever felt that pull? Yeah, we have felt that pull from the here and now. What does John tell us? Joanne in writings has a lot to say about love. John says, love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. Because if any man loves the world, he does not love God. James 4.4 uses graphic illustration. He says to these Jewish believers, adulterers, adulteresses, know you not that friendship with the world is enmity with God and whosoever will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Whoa, man, that's pretty, pretty vivid, pointed language, isn't it? Yeah, pretty tough language. Well, Demas loved the present, the here and now. So deceptive. 
Can I tell you, the here and now is not real. It is not real. It's going to fade away. It's going to burn up. Juxtapose the word loved in verse 8. Look in verse 8. The Bible says, Paul loved the permanent. His appearing. He loved the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal. Verse number 8, he says, Paul's speaking, finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all those who love. Are you listening? His appearing, not just the here and now. I'll keep my eyes on Jesus, the future. His appearing. Verse number one uses the word judge. Verse number two refers to a future judgment. His appearing. Well, we need to keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, you and I can focus on the temporal, the here and now, or we can love his appearing. That's the permanent, eternal. Oh my, and we can finish well, what was going on with Demas? Tim, what in the world? I'm scratching my head this morning. What in the world happened to Demas? Well, he, he loved the here and now, the present world. Well, Tim, how can I overcome the disease of Demas or the deception of Demas? Well, the antidote consists of several powerful resources, but we only have a little bit of time this morning. And let me give you a couple. Number one, let me encourage you, stay in the Scriptures. If there's ever been a day and hour that we need to ingrain the Scriptures into our spiritual DNA, it is now. We need the Word of God. Look at me. Look, you can be conformed to this world. You can be squeezed in that mold. Or you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Word of God will renew your mind. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. Look, look back at chapter 4. Let me ask you a question. I, I think it's amazing. I mean, this just lights my fire, and it doesn't take a whole lot. But I think it's amazing that Paul was just, just days away from dying. What would a dying man want from Timothy? He asked for three things. Look at it in verse number 13. He said to, to Timothy, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas when you come, and the books. I need something to read. Circle this next word. And especially, that's the word, melista. It means more than anything, bring the parchments, which are the Jewish scriptures. What would a dying man want as he was in prison? He said, bring me 
more than anything, the parchments. Why? Because this is victory. Can you imagine the mental anguish in prison? Can you imagine the word of God more than anything? Bring me the parchments. Go, go back to chapter 4. L look at verse number, verse number 3. Man, there's a battle going on. Paul's telling Timothy about this struggle. He said, Timothy, I know you're going to take over the reins, and the time's going to come. They're not going to endure sound. Hugolianio, that means healthy, healthy doctrine. But according to their own desires. In my Bible, I wrote in a little small note, it's called self-deception. Anytime you walk according to your own narcissistic desires, that's self-deceptions. There's going to come a time, they're not going to endure sound preaching and doctrine, but according to their self-deception desires, they'll have itching ears and they will heap They'll pile up all these teachers who are not evangelical, but they'll heap up these teachers that don't believe in the virgin birth of Christ, that don't believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus, and we leave orthodoxy and we go to our self-desires. Here, here's what happens. Look, I didn't print it. I just preach it. Verse 4, look at it. What will happen, they will turn away from the truth and turn aside to fables. That's what the Bible says will happen. Look at me. We are Americans. We value education. We want to be accepted by the academic world. But if you believe the Bible, Paul says you're, you're going to be a fool for, for Christ. And we don't like to suffer as fools for Christ, as believers in the Bible. Here's what we try to do. We try to face both ways. You ever try to face both ways? You know, here's the world, here's Christ. You cannot face both ways. Hello. Sorry about that. Do you want to finish well? Notice, turn away from the truth. Turn aside to fables. Truth, fables. I don't know about you, but I want to finish well. Did you know that Jesus, picture in your mind, even Jesus had many disciples during his earthly ministry, they had the disease of Demas. Look, look over. Hold your place in 2 Timothy chapter 4. I want to give you Bible illustrations. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Hold your place. Turn to John chapter 6. In John chapter 6, people witnessed him, you know, feeding the 5,000. They, they witnessed that. Look what happened in John chapter 6. Verse number, we'll go to verse number 66. Jesus upset some of the disciples, some of those followers. Jesus was their teacher. 
Some of the things he was saying about this manna coming down from heaven upset them. His interpretation of the Old Testament, how he applied it to himself as Messiah, stirred them up. The Bible says in verse number 66, from that time, underline it, many of his disciples went back. Can you imagine? These were ones who eyewitnessed the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. It doesn't say just a few, but it says many of his disciples went back like Demas, walked no more with him, the scripture says. Look at it. He, he turned to the 12 and Jesus said to them, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have what? The words of eternal life. If you're going to finish well, it's going to be the words of eternal life. Oh my, he has the words of eternal life. Look at verse 63 of this same text. Jesus spoke to him and he said to him, guys, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit, they are life. The words. Look, if you and I are gonna finish well and defeat this disease of Demas, this deception of Demas, we've got to get the words of God into the hearts of our children, our spouse, our family, our small groups, our church, other believers. We need the Bible. I'm saying we need the Bible. Well, the world or Jesus, what is the antidote? Ingrain the scriptures into your spiritual DNA. N number two, write this down. I've got time maybe for, for one more. You say, Brother Tim, how do I overcome the, the disease of Demas? Listen to me carefully. Write this down. Stay grounded in the local church. Oh, my. Don't have one foot in, one foot out. Get grounded in the local church. You take the local church out of the New Testament, you're not going to have a Bible. Get grounded in the local church. Here, here's, here's what I used to hear. When I first got saved in 1970 and began to train with the Scriptures, I used to hear, hear about body life. Anybody ever hear about that? Ever heard that term, expression, body life? Never hear about that anymore. Here's what I hear. I am the church. It used to be the body. We are the church. But now it's, it's me, me, myself, and I. I don't need anybody else. I'll quarantine. I'll hide out somewhere. I don't need, need, need you. Well, what does the Bible say? Turn, turn back to Hebrews chapter 10. Did you know that God has given you a serving gift to be used in the local body 
of Christ. It's the body of Christ. And you and I are members, every one of us in particular. It takes the body of Christ. And I'm to exercise my spiritual gifts so that the body might benefit. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. Just just one or two verses. And and I want to ask you a question. And I want you to write down the answer. Hebrews chapter 10. Look look at verse number 24. Anybody here ever listened to Ed Stetzer? Ed Stetzer, I listen to him every every week. I, I love his preaching, teaching. And I know he has some unusual ideas. And I forgive him for that. But he quotes this verse. I've heard, I can see him now, hear him now, standing in a class teaching us in seminary, quoting these these verses over and over and over again. Here's what verse 24 says. Underline this. Let us consider one another. Underline that. I think there's, what, 53 one another passages in the Bible that help us to relate in body life to one another in the church. Let us consider one another in order to to stir up or to provoke love and good works, not forsaking. By the way, that's the same word used in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Not forsaking or deserting the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. But what should we do? Underline this. Not only should we consider one another and provoke one another and stir each other up with love and good works, but we should be encouraging one another and so much the more as we see the day approaching. This this thing called body life. Two things ought to motivate us. Oh, I'm saying two things ought to motivate us. Number one, write it down. Loving Jesus. Do you love Jesus? I want to come to church because I love Jesus. Here's what happens. The more you love Jesus, number two starts to happen. You begin to love people. Think of all the passages in the Bible where we're supposed to love each other. Oh, my. Within the context of this thing called the local church, edify one another, provoke one another in love, exhorting one another. One another. You, you, you all remember people. Right, write this down. Here, here's a note. This is a, this is a prophecy. God just gave this to me. You are not the only person in this world. Isn't that deep? Whoa. You are not the only person in this world. Jesus and other people. And I want to ask you a question. This is a hard question. Is it, is it possible today that there's somebody here this morning that's significant enough Is there somebody here that's valuable enough that will motivate me, provoke me, stir me, get me out of bed and come to the house of God and maybe edify someone?
love someone? Is there anybody here of that significance? I'm just saying it ought to be asked. Folks, look around. Do you see anybody like that today? (laughs) It just so happened. I kid you not. It came this week. It came straight from the home of Tom Rainer. Here's what Rainer's article says. The stages of church dropout from highly committed goers, you know, attenders. He, he calls them goners. You know, have you ever met goners? Demas, desert, deserters, they're, they're, they're gone. He gives the five steps of how this happens. I, I see it all the time. You see it all the time. He, step number one, lower commitment in roles. Here it is. Goners begin their dropout by attending small groups less. Number two, less frequent worship attendance. As he and her most, they were active in the church, the goner was present in worship services four times a month. At this stage, they attend services once or twice a month. Number, number three, here's what happens. They begin to resign their places of service, teacher, elder, key ministry leader, personal reasons. Number four, they reduce or they, they stop giving. And then number five, they leave for a good reason. Here's the most common reason. I didn't read it. Tom Rainer, the expert, he was the president of Lifeway, the largest Protestant publication of, of all the world. He's the, the CEO of Church Answers, great influencer for the cause of Christ. Here's what he says. People leave for good, and here's the most common reason. Here it is. I'm not getting fed. Did you know that's not the only reason to come to a family dinner? You may want to come and hug your wife and your kids. That's why I asked you this morning, is there anybody here of any significance that I value so highly that it will motivate me? I mean, that love of Christ that constrains us. Will it mo- I'm sorry to get so excited, but it, it, it just stirs me. It stirs me. I'm not getting fed. Look, if you use that excuse at Lewis Memorial Baptist Church, I will say you are untruthful. Untruthful. Well, I'm going to stop. A couple of people just walked out, so I better, I better, I better just, better just stop on that one. I want you to write one thing down and we'll go home, okay? Write one thing down and then we'll leave. Would, would you jot this down? Let church become your excuse to miss everything else. Can I tell you, I have heard every excuse in the world. In 1976, I'll tell you, God is my witness. This is the most hilarious excuse I've ever heard from a person telling me why they couldn't come to church. I had a lady tell me, she said, preacher, this is 1976. I will, I will come to church 
I've dyed my hair, and when it comes out to its original color, then I, I feel like I can come into the church. <laughs> Look, if, if that were true today, there would be hundreds of you who wouldn't be here today. I mean, you just would not be here today. What in the world happened to Demas? Well, first, slowly but surely, he, he stopped serving. Number two, what in the world happened to Demas? He loved the here and now. Tim, how do I overcome the disease? What is the antidote for the disease and deception of Demas? It's, it's the Bible. It's the Bible. Stay deeply connected to God and the body, the church.